0: Welcome to the Now You Know Akron Podcast, brought to you by the journalists of BeaconJournal.com. Each week, they will share their expertise on Akron and Summit County. Now, here's your host, Craig Webb. Thanks for joining us for the Now You Know Akron Podcast. I'm your host, Craig Webb. Our spotlight topic today is going to be food. We're going to sit down and chat amongst myself and also be joined by a couple other Beacon Journal reporters who have been participating in a recent feature we've added to the newspaper and also online called Local Flavor. We'll be chatting about some of our favorite places we've eaten in the Akron area and those places that we've featured and give a hint about what's coming up. But first, here's three recent headlines from things you should know from BeaconJournal.com. Ohio has unveiled a brand new license plate And it's already created some controversy and even a few chuckles. It seems the design that features the Wright Brothers plane has a plane flying in the wrong direction. Our Columbus Bureau reports that some 35,000 of the plates have already been made with the plane facing the wrong direction. It's election season, and our team of reporters are reporting on issues and candidates throughout the region. One of the races we're focusing on is Phil Karen is writing about the Kaga Falls Mayor's Race, which has incumbent Don Wilders facing a challenge by Republican Merrill Stemple. All these races and more can be found on BeaconJournal.com as we get closer to Election Day. And our Akron City Hall reporter, Doug Livingston, continues to follow the $145 million in federal COVID relief spending that the city council has approved. But there's still some grumbling that they didn't have enough time to review all the proposed projects within how the money was going to be spent. Doug will be keeping you up to date as this continues to make its way through council chambers. For more on these headlines and other stories, be sure to visit BeaconJournal.com and all our various apps and also our print edition. And for today's spotlight topic, we are joined by Tony Beans and Mark J. Price, and I I almost hesitate to even have done this podcast because I feel like we we have a gig that if Gannett and the powers of B find out exactly what we've been doing and been paid for, that that the gig may be up and and they they, they might uh, take away from. But what we're going to talk about is the restaurant scene in the Akron area and specifically a feature that we have in print and online called Local Flavor, where uh, yours truly. Uh, we haven't gotten there yet, yours truly, but, and my colleagues have been going out and, and checking out some, some restaurants that have been on our wish list and, and, and on some of our readers' wish lists. So welcome. Hello.
1: Hi, Craig. Thanks for having us.
0: Well, you know, it's, we, we, we get paid to do this, right? So this was a feature <laughs> that was started, um, as we kind of looked at our food section, um, and our food coverage and, and we realized that, that people just like to eat, right? I mean, that's, that's kind of even in the midst of the pandemic. Um, Folks were getting food to go, uh, not necessarily eating in. I I know we did, and and we kind of explored some some restaurants we hadn't before. I I, I know uh, in particular time, too, here in Medina, where where I live, um, we started getting food to go from there. They had these family meals in the midst of the pandemic. And the best part was they actually had uh, drinks to go. And so I have to say they were very boozy drinks. Maybe I'm, I'm not used to such highbrow drinks, but we were getting uh, drinks to go and, and also the, the food. Did you guys try anything interesting in the midst of the pandemic of to-go food that, that you hadn't tried before?
2: It was mostly burgers and pizza for me to take out. So when I started going to regular restaurants again, my wife and I started going, and it was wonderful.
0: Tony, how about you?
1: Yeah, I went to a, a couple different places. I usually try and uh, do different things and try different stuff. So I tried some Indian places, um, tried definitely some different Chinese places, uh, had duck for the first time. That was really interesting. A lot of things to go and not sure if it would have, you know, the experience would have been different if I would have sat in the restaurant and ate it. But it was still good nonetheless.
0: Mark, you brought up pizza, and I think one of the uh, the pieces you wrote was kind of a, and I think a lot of yours. I mean, you, your your life. I'm a transplant. I mean, I I guess I've been at the Beacon 22 years, but it still makes me a transplant. Although I, I did go to Kent State, so I kind of feel like I was in the area at one point. But but you were born and raised here, right?
2: Right, for for the most part. About five years in childhood, I didn't live here. But yeah, my family and grandparents, parents are all from here, so. Got some built in knowledge about the community. And uh, one of the places I wrote about was Giuseppe's Pizza in Green, where my grandmother used to work in the, in the 1970s. And when I was a kid, I used to go there and help make boxes for pizzas. So I wrote, uh, my wife and I went and got a pizza uh, this year. And I was wondering how it tasted compared to my childhood memories. And we both got two pizzas, and it was just delicious. Still good still good after all these years.
0: What's funny, last night we just, and, and as you listen to this, we, as I said, live in Medina. We, we got it from Geppetto's, and I haven't had Geppetto's pizza forever. And, and you know, it's always kind of fun to, to have pizza from a place you haven't had before because they are all a little different. And and I, and I said to my wife, I, I said, it reminds me of a Friday night pizza. And I, and I don't know why Friday night pizzas always taste different. I, I grew up in a small town where there was no chains, and so they were all, Local pizza places and, and I tell my kids, I said, it's it just mind blowing that we, when we had pizza in, growing up, it wasn't until after midnight. And, and, and so it was never like a dinner thing. I mean, and the pizza places were open until three in the morning. So after the bars closed. And so, you know, growing up when I had pizza and even when it sleeping over a friend's house and things, everybody, I'm not sure what pizza places did during the day or, or at dinner time, but, but at least for most of us, Pizza was consumed after 11 o'clock at night, and and it was of course uh, kept in the oven, not warm, but kept in the oven, closed, a cold oven, all night, and then you'd eat it cold right out of the, uh, right out of the oven in the morning. Am I the only weirdo who ate cold pizza like that? Unrefrigerated cold pizza back in the day, and I, I guess I survived to tell the story.
2: Uh, cold or hot, it's delicious. <laughs> I like pizza too, and I do remember having sleepovers too. And it was such a treat to get a slice of pizza and also a bottle of soda pop.
0: Now I, I would tell you there were there were lethal weapons when you were carrying a two liter glass bottle of Coke or Pepsi. Uh, <laughs> dare not to drop it; they weighed a ton. I mean, they used to be glass. Tony, you're you're much younger than us, so uh, you know that that's a good thing for you. I mean, what's your recollections of, of pizzas were you a early or a late pizza person
1: i was mostly an early pizza person my mom would get me uh romeo's that used to be my favorite place to get pizza um and i am kind of odd i do not like cheese so i have never had cheese on pizza and uh, i'm still not a fan of it but i do love uh toppings on pizza just about anyone you can think of and um so, yeah, I went to Altieri's Pizza recently, the most recent um local flavor I wrote about. And that was really cool because uh, I don't like cheese, but I also am very weird about pizza crust for some reason. Um It always gets hard and sad and just not a good time. And I would have to make some sort of concoction at home of butter and garlic and whatever to try and dip it in to make it, you know, decent again. But Altieri's was really interesting because it didn't get that way in the – um The crust was really, really soft and it just like stayed good like the rest of the dough. So that was a very, very positive experience there at least.
0: I recently went, um, we went to the Hudson Hanna house. I mean, they're celebrating their 50th year and afterwards we got out so late we hadn't had dinner yet. Um, we ordered Luigi's and, and got it and brought it home. It, it traveled well uh, on the trip, and you know that's another great pizza place in Akron. I mean, it's almost cliche to go to Luigi's, and I, and I don't mean that as a smack. It just feels like, oh, go to Luigi's, but you know it really does live up to its. You know, I think the pizza tastes different, and maybe it's the cheese, and it's also the cheese and the salad, but you know that's another place that, that really does have a have a unique taste of a of a pizza, and it's good to go. You know, I mean, it's fun to eat in and good to go, Mark.
2: Yeah, it's one of my favorite places, too. I love the pizza there. I love the pasta. Um, my wife and I had our first date there like at midnight, and it's just uh, near and dear to my heart. I, I love the food there. and can't get there enough.
0: And I think on the weekend, they're open, like, super late, too. I mean, I think it's it's like old school how, how late they're open on, on the weekend.
1: Man, I'll have to make my way there. I've never had Luigi's. My mom did not get me that, and I... Didn't even know about it until maybe a year ago or so. So I've lived here all my life and grew up here, but I was, I'm was i a little late to the pizza scene.
0: <laughs> don't forget your cash, because you have to pay cash at Luigi's, all right? There's no well, credit
2: cards. Know. No, none
0: of those new fancy credit cards or debit cards. So they do have an ATM there, but uh, so make, make sure you have cash.
2: It's famous for its cheese though, Connie, so beware. This is true.
0: Oh, I will. Salad with cheese. So, I mean, I, I guess I, I were kind of in the Halloween season. One of the places I went to was kind of early in the season. I went to the Haunted House restaurant up in Cleveland Heights. It's in a former melt and it was a fun place. I, I have to admit, I, I, I struggle a little bit with the menu. Um, it was because it's truly themed to um, horror movies and, and things. I mean, that, you know, I mean, it was, I, I squirted blood out of my chicken sandwich. I don't know how they inserted some type of, it wasn't real blood, so don't panic. I bet mean, they had like this thing, so you bit into it, it's like squirted blood out, and I, I got blood on my pants, but you know, it was, it was truly a, probably the most interesting place that, that I've gone, and, and I thought the food was good, it was just so different. It, it was just kind of a a, a challenge just because it was almost like carnival sweet, some of the things. And I, I know they were going for that, you know, part of the, the spooky theme and, and, you know, the, but it was, it was probably, uh, culinary wise challenged me the most just to find my uh, sweet spot. I mean, I had a burger, but I just felt like, I don't know, do you really want to order a burger? I feel, you know, it kind of feels like sometimes you want a burger, right, Mark? But, but, but sometimes you, you feel like you, you need to challenge yourself. I know my, um, Jennifer, my wife, she ordered the chicken and waffles. And it was a black waffle. And um, there is an urban myth about black waffles. I don't want to go into detail, but it it is true uh, when you eat a black waffle. And we we will go no further than that. But, you know, you can Google Whopper and black buns and you will find all the horrifying details of what happens to your body. But it was interesting because the chicken on top were actually bone in chicken, which was kind of. A little bit, you know, you, it was hard to eat them together, you know, in the same, obviously, because there's bones in them. You know, you, I kind of expect it to be a, you know, a boneless chicken. But well, I'm just curious if, if there was anything that you folks um, had that surprised you on the menu or just kind of a, a real ambitious order that you made.
2: I tried something um, at the Magic City's Remarkable Diner. It was called a Reuben omelet. I had never even considered that you could make a, an omelet. Out of the materials for ingredients for a Reuben, and it was just out of this world delicious—just corned beef and sauerkraut and Thousand Island dressing and pickles. And it was—I'd never heard of anything like that, and I can't wait to go back and try another one. It was so good.
0: Tony, how about you? What did you? Yeah, you know, your comfort zone and one of your dishes.
1: Uh, well, I went to Shawarma Brothers in Cuyahoga Falls. Um, that was really interesting. I haven't had, uh, I do like trying, uh, the dishes from different parts of the world, but I had never had, uh, a lot of Middle Eastern food. So I had a Shawarma bowl for the first time and that was pretty cool. I'd never had anything like that before, but, um, it was really, really good. And I also had, um, homemade hummus and falafel for the first time that you could tell that it was homemade and it was something that someone who had been doing it for decades had put together. So, uh, kind of a, kind of a jump into the, in the water. Cause I didn't never had the meat before, which was like, it's marinated and then they uh, cut it off of a spit and stuff like that. But it all ended up pretty good and it's a great place to eat.
0: What I love about this series, and I mean, that's a shameless plug. I love about the series we get to go out to eat and get paid for. It. But what I love even more is that each of us kind of brings a different perspective and writing style. And, and you know, Carrie Clausen also has contributed some of these, and she was not able to join us today. But but I, I, I love the the varied writing styles and just the the varied taste. I mean, I'm I'm probably a little bit like Mark, kind of a meat and potatoes kind of kind of guy, or a burger and and, and simple. And, and and one of the the fun things for me was to go to the Brown Derby, you know, and I. I, I, guess I remember, actually, we, we had our, my, uh, rehearsal dinner, uh, was at the Brown Derby, that it, it was in Mentor, and, uh, God rest his soul, like, like May, the Brown Derby is, is still longer business, but we're fortunate enough that, that we still have, you know, I think there's one in, right, Hudson, I believe, and, you know, we have the one here in Medina, and so I went there, and, and it was absolutely delightful. I mean, it was, it was great food, and, you know, the, the salad dressings were, were the true to the old, and so, it, it was kind of nice to, uh, to visit an old friend and then try something really crazy. I'm not crazy, but we even have done food trucks. And so I I visited the Dr. Hibachi food truck that was in the parking lot at um, at Target in in Cuyahoga Falls. And, And he was a former Hibachi chef who was in a traditional restaurant who bought his food truck. And he outfitted it. And he does basically the same shtick, everything except for the volcano. But, you know, he talks and he's... You know, juggling the, uh, the various instrument, you know, the, the cooking utensils and banging them and clanging them and, and it was, it was delightful. I mean, it was, it was very, very yummy as, as all Hibachi is, but it is just kind of fun to, to see how excited people are. You know, people get excited about food and, and just the number of people that are in line waiting for him to open up is, is just amazing. I mean, the, the people just, you know, are, are just, Excited about, about getting the food and, and he kind of took that venture. He was in a traditional restaurant and, and I, I, love kind of the, the backstories of, of all the places we, we went. And Mark, I, I think we should mention that, that you made a, uh, a fast food trip, you know, that, that, uh, fast food, uh, made one of your, your columns and why don't you chat a little bit of, about that one.
2: Yeah, um, normally we wouldn't do a fast food restaurant, like for example. A, a no, I wouldn't say that. 500.
0: No, it's not I, really I local. Made, I made you the hamburger station yet. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm a big fan of, but anyways, I, I interrupt.
2: Yeah, it's not really local flavor, but uh, I found a loophole in it because we have the last remaining Arthur Treacher's in our area. So technically it is local flavor. It's the only one. So I took my mother to Arthur Treacher's, that's on State Road in Cuyahoga Falls, and she used to take me when I was a kid. We'd go every Wednesday to Treacher's, and I ate so much of it, I couldn't eat it anymore. <laughs> but I used to like putting vinegar on the French fries. So anyway, I took her. She's turning 80 this year. And um, just we just had such a lovely time, and she just loved that food. She's I call her the cranky critic because she usually doesn't like going to a lot of restaurants. Something about Treacher's is just magical for her, and she loves every bite. And i got to say, the food was really good. Um, what I think of as fast food, it was it was just as good as some fancier restaurants, especially the clam chowder. I've I've had um, really good clam chowder and fancy restaurants, but this kind of measures right up to that. So it was a nice experience and it was a good time writing about in a nostalgic way about going to Treacher's, the last one in the country. Well, I
0: mean, food is, is kind of our our. Collective memories, and I, I too went to Arthur Treacher's with my parents um, before. And there was one not far from our hometown, and I'm trying to remember. I think Wednesday might have been Bargain Day or something. Like there were 3.99 or 2.99 for the fish and chips, and so we usually went there. And I, I always think it was funny that our, my grandfather owned a, a fish restaurant right on, right on the you know along the shores of, of Lake Erie, and you know he made perch and would make all these you know seafood dishes. But his favorite and his guilty pleasure was Long John Silver's. And so <laughs> it just seemed funny to me to be, be going to Long John Silver's with my grandparents. You know, this man who owns a seafood restaurant, but it was something about the batter. And then, you know, I was a, a, a wacky kid. And I didn't really, I mean, I like it, but I always got to chicken planks. And, and even to this day, if I'm driving, and, and I think the one in Worcester recently closed, but I, I believe there's still one on Roe Road. If I'm nearby, I will go in and, and get chicken planks. And, and just pray that they give me, I used to call them the giblets, the extra drippings of the, of the batter that they would throw into the, um, thing, you know. So we, we had a friend who used to joke that they, they fry everything except, including the coleslaw. And I, and actually I think if they fry coleslaw, it might be kind of interesting. But, so what's everyone working on? Is, is there, is there one coming up here that we can look forward to and, and maybe try to get in before, and I will warn folks that, that usually when we do these stories, um, it tends to get very busy at these restaurants, so, you know, be be patient and, and kind to your servers as, as you know, that, that when, when we usually highlight one, um the wait to get in or the service, it, it does get, get busy because, because folks, you know, are like, oh, that sounds good. So, so Tony, what, what, what are you working on?
1: Right now, um planning to head my way over to La Loma in Ellet. I've been told for years now that I need to go there and that it is the most authentic uh Mexican restaurant that I will find in in the relative area so uh I'm not a huge Mexican person uh like I said, don't eat cheese so any place that has usually all that cheese on stuff is not uh, my cup of tea, but I did look at their menu and I already have already picked some things out because it it does seem pretty authentic and uh, very exciting. So that's what's up next for me,
0: Mark. Um, I hope it's at hamburger station because I want to go to hamburger station. So, so hopefully, aside from hamburger station, what are you, uh, what are you working on?
2: We went to um, a reader actually recommended that I should try Will's Grill in Coventry on Route 619. So we went there this week, and it was just such a fun place. It's a small place, maybe sixty-four seats. It's a bar on one side and booths on the other. It was just really brightly decorated for Halloween, um, right now. And I think they change the decorations for every season, but it was just really bright and inviting. And we had such a great lunch there. I had one of the best bowls of chili I've had locally. And I never would have tried that if, if a reader hadn't recommended it. And we had uh hamburgers and it was just a good time. So that's I'm going to be writing about that very soon. It was a very nice visit and that's one of the things I really like about this feature is it forces me to try places and drive places I might not necessarily go. And then I'm so happy when I when I get there and find something I really like.
0: That's true. It kind of cooks for our, our bucket list. I, I've been kind of wanting to go to Frank's place. I mean, it feels like I've, I drove by so many times working in Akron, so that's kind of on my list. But my next one is, is actually I, I'm uh, Davidas. Italian market. Now you wouldn't think of that as necessarily a restaurant. It's not. I'm going to write about their uh, their subs and uh, little spoiler alert. I, I I kind of have a love affair with subs and hoagies. I mean, there are probably uh, people who argue whether hoagies better than a sub. I think they're the same. But uh, but my 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 love of of subs kind of dates back to uh, Kmart. I, I won't say any more because it, it, people probably won't read when they find out that you know my my love of subs started at a in a Kmart. But but that's the truth. So I would encourage everyone to uh, continue to to read these these great features, and and thank you both for for joining me. and, And, you know, they can find them online and also in the print edition. And so if you're on the Beacon Journal website, just Google local flavor, and maybe you'll find someplace fun to eat this weekend. So thank you for joining us. Thank you.
1: Thanks for having us, Craig.
0: That's all the time we have for today for the Now You Know Akron podcast. Be sure to join us again next week. Episodes will be released every Wednesday or thereabouts, wherever you download your favorite podcasts. They're also available on BeaconJournal.com and also all our various apps. Before we go, we have to thank our producer, BJ Lisco, who keeps us on time and also makes us sound great. And we urge you to support local journalism by becoming a subscriber. If you've already signed up, you have my heartfelt thanks. Until next week. Now you know Akron.